Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 70 of the Caesar Show. Another fun-filled week. I'm excited to um, discuss these hottest topics in the NBA. It's been a really, really good week, very productive week, very, um, you know, just, yeah, just very, just, just very overall productive, man. No complaints at all. I'm happy um, of everything I'm doing, taking baby steps to get to the destination. Well, it's a journey. Um, not the destination itself, but yeah, excited to share some, um, you know, some updating, um, updated content with you guys as well too. So I kind of, um, you know, want to kind of get into it right now. So um, without you know further ado, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise for my co-host Trade Day XXIV. What's good, people? How's it popping? Hey, um, happy MLK Day. You know, man, uh, big strides, big things to come uh, with a spirit of togetherness and with a spirit of uh, overcoming any obstacle and adversity. But, hey, we here with the NBA topics. Let's get into them. You already know. Definitely. Let's get into them as well, too. Um, yeah, so just to rehash you, I forgot, guys. I'm sorry for the, uh, the new listeners. Just to rehash you guys with last week's episode. Um Trey and I uh, were here last week. We discussed the hottest topics in the NBA, and it was Kyrie's anticipated return. Ended up, you know, I think he was like 10-11 from the field or 9-10 from the field. They played against the Hawks, but have been kind of losing ever since. Um, Jimmy Butler and TJ Warren's beef. Can't wait until they play each other. Hopefully, that's on ESPN. Um, Kevin Durant and Perkins' Twitter battle. Uh, Beetle, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> that joint had me weak. I literally kept rewinding the podcast and the video every five seconds. And then Trey's like, he's bad. He's bad. That joint had me rolling. Um, but episode 69 was good. And I hope you guys enjoy episode 70. So um, without further ado, let's get into the hottest topics of the NBA. But first, um, I, it's still a part of the NBA, to be honest, WNBA. Um, so the WNBA and um, the union reached a new collective bargaining agreement um, for the WNBA. So uh, I just want to talk about a little bit more. And this is according to Fox News. So the WNBA and its union announced a tentative eight-year labor deal Tuesday that will allow top players to earn more than 500000 while the average annual compensation will surpass six figures for the first time. The contract, which begins this season and runs through 2027, will pay players an average of $130,000 and guarantees full salaries while on maternity leave. The collective bargaining agreement also provides enhanced family benefits, travel standards, and other health and wellness improvements. The commissioner, Kathy Engelbert, said this is historic. The CBA guarantees substantial financial increases. The way we are paying these players is different from the past. The top couple players are tripling in pay where they were. Other players are making $200,000 to $300,000. The average will be over $130,000. Everyone gets an increase here. So the principal deals points have been ratified by the players and leagues, boards of governors, and lawyers are finalizing the language. Um, the deal calls for 50-50 revenue, sharing starting, in, uh, share st- sharing starting in 2021 based on the league achieving revenue growth targets from broadcast agreements, marketing partnerships, and licensing deals. Um, she said the... Um, Engelbert, I was a damn it of the 50-50 target. The league and players work together to market this league so we can share revenue with the players. We have to hit some targets. Um, so summarizing everything else, I guess the highlights out of this would be the travel improvements. Um, other highlights, travel improvements where players are given premium economy airline tickets as well as an individual room as as well as individual rooms on road trips. In the past, players flew coach and had to share rooms, which is crazy. Um, a more liberal free agency system that allows players to become unrestricted free agents sooner, beginning next year, if they aren't given the core designation by their team. It also drops the number of times a player can be designated from four to three beginning this year and down to the beginning of 2022. Um, players received their full salary while maternity leave. It's kind of crazy how they didn't get paid leave what but yeah players receive their full salary while on maternity leave are given two bedroom apartments for players with children as well as workplace accommodations that provide privacy for nursing mothers um the league is also introducing family family planning benefits up to a sixty thousand dollar reimbursement for veteran players for costs directly related to adoption surrogacy 
in fertility treatment, and then last but not least, enhanced mental health benefits and resources. So a huge step for the WNBA. Definitely, um, it should have already been the mayor league uh, with the NBA as well, too, where players um, are in control and, you know, definitely getting that split in revenue as well, too. Um, but, yeah, what are your thoughts on all this? I kind of summarized everything, but if you had any two cents to add, what would you say? Um, I think, one, from a progression standpoint, this is a long overdue. Uh, these are professional athletes. These are, I mean, first and foremost, they're women that should be getting paid for what they do at a high caliber level. And anything, like, women should be getting paid. Uh, they, they, they should, you know, reap what they have sowed from everything that they do, and that's in any aspect. And I just think with the WNBA, it's, came, it's come around so slow. And I understand, like, you have to generate revenue. You have to, uh, you know, you have to make money to, to get money, to spend money. Uh, but why this wasn't worked out sooner, I don't know. I know the league's getting more and more popular, but just the whole with maternity leave. And I know as a country, we, we struggle with these things in the workplace in general, but why, why wouldn't somebody get paid maternity leave you know this is that's that's a natural function of their like of, of biology you know what i'm saying like why would <laughs> you know why wouldn't that happen not, not even getting too deep with it but it's a natural function of biology like you can't stop that process i mean you, you can make choices to whatever like that but these women have families they're just like nba players that in the same role you know, with um, all from my the seat of birth of my son, but these women are actually carrying and having the children, or even their their significant others will be doing the same. So it's ah, it, it's perplexing why this hasn't got done sooner. Um, and even with the marketing thing, uh, which is interesting, they were saying like, yo, we're a fifty fifty target. We have to like hit our marks to you know make sure these uh these players get paid and the thing is NBA you never really see about that. I understand the NBA might be more popular in some ways, more exciting, uh for for the average person to say more exciting. But um why why is my salary dependent on the marketing that somebody else is doing and not just my play? Yeah. And it's tough because I mean it's not a, it's not an equal playing field right now. Yeah. Uh and it won't be for for a while, you know, seeing where the NBA is going, where the NBA is at, and see where the WNBA is at, is this a, a conservative, strong effort to go in the right direction? Yes, but we can't we can't let things fall through the crack anymore. You know, why are they having to fly in in, in lower class flights when these are professional athletes? These are you know high class professionals. Um, why are they not getting their own room in in the, a lot of ways? I mean. I thought about it like in the NBA, I would definitely like I wouldn't care about rooming with somebody, but at the same time, if the if the bottom line is that people usually get their own room, why wouldn't these women have already had their own room on yeah. trips and stuff like that? Why are you cutting corners just because, you know, it's women? Like if cut some of the games out, it's not a third, and I know games be money, but you have to you have to and that's not my solution, but you have to find a solution that's going to keep getting these women paid so they could either go find money elsewhere, like overseas if they want to, but you can't keep putting them through lower class treatment just because you can't generate the money as a league. Yeah. That's what it is to me. Definitely agree with you as well, too. But yeah, I'm I'm happy about the quality the quality of life being improved. Yeah. Um, like I said, leave is guaranteed. Um, players don't have to room on their own as well, too. Uh, 50 50 shares and hopefully with the increase in the salary you know a lot of players a lot of the of the WNBA players they have to like you said go overseas yeah. uh, while the season's over just to you know keep their family afloat keep making that money so and they're playing um, all year round at that all point. year round no rest and then I heard her saying oh well why can't you be like like Candace Parker or I forgot her name, something cheaty or something once like that. Once in a that. lifetime players. I'm like, yeah, they're once in a lifetime players. They're more remarkable. They're number one pick. And yeah. it's, I don't know. It's it's like, it's kind of like comparing like, oh, LeBron James is doing all this with his business ventures. Why can't other people do it? You're not LeBron James. Not LeBron you know what I'm saying? You don't have to, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be something that we're going to continue to monitor. Um, and, you know, hopefully it gets better through time, which is looking like as well too. So, uh, equality for all, man, definitely. Yeah. The next topic I want to talk about is Zion Williamson. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Zion Williamson um, is uh, 
I guess they're, they're saying he's officially listed as doubtful for Monday's contest against Memphis Grizzlies. Um, but then they also announced um, the change in the injury report on Sunday evening. Um, but they said don't read too much into it. Don't read too much into it. Williamson is still expected to make his NBA debut on Wednesday night against the San Antonio Spurs, okay, okay. my squad, on ESPN. <laughs> um, and let's say if you don't play that game, I think their next Two scheduled games will be televised as well, too. So they know exactly what they're doing. Bro, they have um, been on schedule all year this year. Yeah, like, man. Pelicans have been on schedule all year. They knew what Zion was going to be. Yes, sir, man. Um, but, yeah, they said the debut is going to be um, against the Spurs. Long-anticipated debut. Tip-off 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. Williamson, a number of overall pick in the 2019 draft, averaged 23.3 points in the preseason while shooting 71% from the field. Um, he, his original six to eight week timeline for recovery from his meniscus surgery was stretched out to about 13 weeks, and the Pelicans have taken their time with his recovery process and have been adamant that they weren't going to rush him back onto the court. Um, so, obviously, we said number one pick, uh, you know, we – we're high on this guy since he, you know, was able to play with the basketball. We saw what he did in Duke. Yeah. Um, we saw what he did in preseason. Um, the ceiling, the ceiling for him. There's no ceiling for him, honestly. The only thing that I'm concerned about is his health moving forward. Yeah. Um, I expect when he comes back to be, go straight into the starting lineup. So, and they said I think Drew Hardy's supposed to be coming back too, but I expect for it to be. Zoe, Holiday, Ingram, Zion, and probably um, what's his name? Derek Favors. Now I kind of like JJ Reddick just because that adds a solidified shooter. So we're gonna see what yeah. they do with Lonzo and see what they do with Drew Holiday all together. But I'm excited. I think obviously he's not gonna play any back to backs when he comes back. No, he's um, not. And I think he's gonna be on a minute restriction. I say anywhere between twelve to twenty minutes, just little spurts as well too. But what do you expect from Zion um, when he returns as well too? And do you think this is gonna be one of the most watched, you know, player de- uh, player debuts since like LeBron James? Of course it will. Um, mainly because, and this is a a. a the first to the second half for a topic we'll get to later because of John Morant's success. Yeah. You know, we were high up on Ja. We knew Ja was a killer, but he was drowned out at the beginning of the season when we started talking about everything. Yeah. When it he paled in comparison to what we thought and what we expect from Zion Williamson, just from the sheer his highlights in uh in the preseason, the the <laughs> 360 baseline dunks, the him hitting threes and all that stuff like that. So no, it's gonna be it's gonna be very much watched. Even if he only plays for two seconds, you know we're gonna see him touch the ball, probably drive to the rack. But like, oh, we're gonna have ten thousand storylines from that, you know. And it's crazy because you see a lot of good players playing right now that have had to sit out because of uh, because of injury. I mean, uh, Michael Porter, uh, Michael Michael Porter, uh, Michael Porter, yeah, Junior. Um, he's having a damn good time and. We we don't we still don't get as excited with when it comes to him as we like Zion like yo this dude's gonna come here he's gonna go crazy like uh, so no fans will be tuned in for that uh, he'll make a clear difference um, will he be up full throttle no but it's it's a peak of what's to come as long as again the Pelicans don't fumble the bag they flip it <laughs> you know what I'm saying so <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like whatever Migo said but yeah I think. This is gonna is gonna be a good time watching him play coming down the stretch of the season. Hopefully they rest him up and just getting back to full strength again. You know, right? You know, what I'm saying with no Steph Curry, we don't know when he's returning. Katie not coming back to next year. No Clay, like we're missing a couple stars. No Oladipo, we're missing a couple stars. Yeah. So this is definitely gonna um, spike the ratings up a little bit more, and I'm gonna be glued in to watching that game to see what he does. Um, it's gonna be exciting, man, because you know. Uh, it's been a long time coming, honestly. It's been a <laughs> Bro, it's been a few months. And we just, <laughs> I just hope he's healthy. Yeah. And he can play at least 10 to 12, maybe 15 years. But, you know, we'll see. Because well, if, if he's on the floor, he's going to be effective. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it's going to be crazy right now as well, too. Which ties me into, you know, the my next topic, which is the emergence of Brandon Ingram. Um, 
Brandon yeah. Ingram has been great this year. Fortunate. Um, averaging 26, 7 and 4 um, right now. And he's improved dramat- dramatically from the three point line. I remember he used to struggle to get his shot up. Now he's shooting 40% from the free throw line. And I mean, from the three point line. And he wasn't that good. Um, as a free throw shooter, he's in like the low 70s. Okay. Now he's shooting 86% from the free throw line as well, too. And we're really seeing his full arsenal on display right now. So I guess it's kind of a blessing in disguise, um, you know, when you've been able to be around greatness for a full season. And LeBron yeah. James seeing his work ethic, what works, what doesn't, um, taking from other players' game. He's really coming into his own. Um, the game has finally slowed down yeah, for that's him. That's what it looks like. And I love that as well, too. So uh, what are your thoughts on Brandon Ingram's season this year? And I personally think, and you can you can talk, talk about this as well, too, obviously with the All-Star voting, the fans vote for the starting five from each side, um, and then they're going to have the draft and whatnot. But the coaches are going to be the ones who um, pick the reserves and whatnot. And I think, you know, with all these other players out, like we mentioned, Steph Curry, um, and then also, as we mentioned, um, Clay Thompson and whatnot, Katie's leaving from the West and going to the East, and other players, you know, going to the East as well, too. Mm-hmm. If I'm a coach, he's an all-star on my, in my eyes. But what are your thoughts on everything? Um, it's interesting because I've been looking at it uh, from a from – a, dual lens per se because mm-hmm. it's like all right what Kyle Kuzma be putting up those same numbers if he was on the uh Pelicans and not to switch topics from guys it's just you know it's like those are the roles you know it, if it wasn't Brandon Ingram it probably would have been Kuz over there and but would, Kuz have had what well, he have had the same success and would Brandon Ingram be successful as successful on the Lakers so I'm trying to think of is it uh a spacing and an environment thing to where it's like, all right, you can go get your numbers, or is it a a player like did, did Brandon Ingram have more ceiling than Kyle Kuzma, and you know, and vice versa? But I think Brandon Ingram just from his share, I think we knew about this coming in. He just it took him a, a few years to like when growing to his body, the, the league to slow down for him and find the spots on the floor where he really wanted to go off on. You know, mm-hmm. he and he, he he's. He's lanky. He's young, Katie. Very, very similar in a way, and he exploits that that mid range game a lot too. I'm like, saying like that's the lost art nowadays, which yeah. doesn't make sense. But to be effective, you got to be effective everywhere. And I think what the Lakers really needed, and you've seen like in a lot of LeBron James systems, is all you need is some shooters. You want yeah. some shooters around them, and they can't hit that three ball consistency consistently. It doesn't look good on their behalf, yeah. you know. And I think Kuz has been pretty good from three this year. And he a lot of highlights I see with Kuz is him hitting threes and, you know, them going up like that. But I think as far as flourishing goes and, you know, getting your numbers in, I think Brandon Ingram's in the perfect spot. And he's been doing the, doing the damn thing. He has the spacing. He's still hitting threes, but he has the full court to work with because – his size, they can space him out. Uh, they have other guards around him, again, like J.J. Redick and so on and so forth, Josh Hart, that can space the floor. But I, I think it's a good fit. Alvin Gentry's system of developing young players. Lonzo is hitting the, the trade ball now too, and he can spread the floor a little bit with him creating his own shots. I think it's a great uh, – one, a great system for him to be in. Two, I think he's doing everything he needs to be doing this year just to further – his success, his uh, stock, and his um, his name. Because yeah, I think he should be on the reserves for our All Star team. He's that he's that good this year. Yeah, for sure, definitely. So um, yeah, which ties into the next one. You kind of <clears throat> briefly talked about that too, um, Lonzo Ball. So uh, it's kind of like a love hate relationship with Lonzo. Um, I've been following ever since Chino Hills before he went to UCLA. Everyone was saying he's going to be like the second coming. Um, and I uh, enjoyed him at UCLA. His dad spoke into existence. He became a Laker. Um, obviously, ended up getting traded. <laughs> and it just seems like the last couple of years, you know, he's been injury injury riddled. So his first year, he had the knee issues, and then last year, you know, we got to see how great defensively the Lakers could be with that young talent yeah. um, with LeBron. And he was one of the best on ball defenders. Um, and you know, he started really coming to coming into his own, coming starting to become a little comfortable. Then he suffered that gruesome ankle injury, um, and then he kind of had some a little injury problems as well too this year. But I think this is like the most games he's played like 
through a, through a big stretch, and he's been he's been playing pretty well. So for the season, he's averaging twelve point two points, um, five and a half rebounds, six assists as well too. But from the month of January, um, he's been averaging sixteen points, nine assists. Seven rebounds. Um, still got to work on his free throw shot, but he only attempts like one to two a game. Is that 50% right there? Um, and then his three-point percentage has went up a little bit to about 34% as well, too. So, obviously, one of the huge contributions to that is is a blessing in disguise that Drew Holiday has been out for a little bit as well, too. Yeah. So, that's more shot attempts for him. But seeing where he can be... Um, it's it's something great to witness, and like you said, he's an improved shooter. Uh, I think he's been working working with Lethal Shooter as well too. Hey, hey shout out Lethal! Shout, shout out to Lethal. He's yep. he's he's uh like uh, like two or three of my posts already. Um, oh but yeah, for real shout out to story before as well too. Yeah, but um yeah, improved jumper. Um, he just seems more confident playing within the flow of the game, and uh, he can do it all, man. So. If he can continue to be this aggressive offensively, because no one's ever going to question his defense, but yeah. if he can continue to make that shot, work on his mid-range, um, get some floaters in his game as well too, man, that young core with Lonzo, Zion, Ingram, et cetera, they're, they're going to be pretty solid. Um, so what are your thoughts on Lonzo? And then moving into the next topic, since they all kind of tie together, uh, what are the ceiling for the Pelicans? Um, to go off on a tangent really quickly and to talk about Lonzo Ball and Lethal uh, all in <laughs> one, um, he had a post where he was uh, talking about uh, where Lonzo was getting his shot on Patrick Beverly, and Patrick Beverly was playing good hacking defense, him. but then he started hacking him. Uh, Lethal put out a post that was like, yo, like, play through the contact, you know, this guy, he's not complaining. He's just going to get his shot off. You know, physical is physical. You have to combat it like that. That's the playing field. Once yeah. you once you get engaged with physical contact, you have to give physical contact back. And yeah. Lethal was like, yo, parents, teach your kids not to, you know, cry over contact. Just go try to score. And if the ref calls it, they call it. If not, keep playing physical. You're going to get the call eventually. <laughs> or, you know, the ref's going to get burned at the stake. Yeah. Um, But that, that speaks to, to everything. Uh, I ref on the weekends. Yeah. So... This is a foul to a lot of parents. <laughs> <That's Definitely. wild. laughs> I think I think it's easiest refing the high school games because the high school games are are they're understanding that it's gonna be physical and they understand that we're not gonna call it everything. Uh it's easy refing the small kid games. But when it comes to that middle school range, mm-hmm. you know, that where like that's your sunshine and everything like that. Everything is, oh, is that a foul? Or, yeah. you know, little Tommy will lose the ball and then <laughs> he'll flop on the floor. And then, yeah, yeah, it'll flop on the floor. And then it'll be like, yo, like, where's the foul at? You got to call something. Um, I think this is a PSA. Please teach your kids, teach your players to play through contact. If the ref doesn't call it the first time, I'm sure he'll call it the second time. And if not, then you have a reason to be mad, you know, about that contact. But the ref's not going to call stuff if the kid's not being aggressive and then two if they're not if they're complaining the whole time just go play the game life happens basketball happens go play the game go be physical go be the aggressor shout out to lethal uh for for putting that out there and shout out to lonzo ball tying it back in all right (laughs) shout out to lonzo ball for 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 you know there was there was questions about oh he's not aggressive oh whatever like that you have the most aggressive defender in the NBA right here. And, you know, case study, case in point, dude's not complaining. Dude's going right at him, driving, driving, boom, gets it off, shoots it in his face, and then calls him too little. Which, I mean, Patrick Beverly, he's always going to be on the the bad end, I feel like, of, of, <laughs> of plays where he's getting scored on. Yeah. He's going to be on the glorious end of plays where he's getting the stop. Like on that, uh, when they played LeBron them, he got that yeah. block off LeBron and yeah. it was going the other way. That's... God level defense, but at the same time, if you get scored on playing that tenacious of defense, it's always going to look a little bit bad. But at the same time, it you have to make great shots on great defenders, and that's where Patrick Beverly is, and that's what Lonzo showed me. Now he he can get a shot off, and he can make great shots, and he can create his own offense, and as well as shoot the ball well, as well as you already know he's an elite passer. Elite. And I think I think these numbers are right where he should be in a way. And I think the ceiling for the Pelicans, and I think we already spoke about this before, is it's not this year for them. You know, Zion was out and everything like that. Uh, and it's interesting because J.J. Reddick was like, yo, don't don't let me uh, miss the playoffs. You know, if it, if it is, it's on you, Zion. Before the season, <laughs> joking about that. But I think they have a really good setup. Um, with the West being how it is, um, 
shoot, OKC, who we didn't expect to be, do, be doing anything, is smack dab in the middle of the Western Conference. There, yeah. There's spots for them. They have to keep playing. They have to buy into the system. And they have to kind of have a, a Spurs mentality. It's like, we're not going to be maybe one or two, but we're going to play damn good basketball. And we're going to get in where we fit in. We're going to make it to the playoffs. And we're going to keep building on and, and expounding on the experience that we have. So I think the ceiling for them is as high as they want to work. And um, <laughs> we're a few pieces away. Uh, <laughs> you want to be the what? But um, we'll, we'll get into Stop that later. Player. Nah, I think... I think that the Pelicans are right where where they need to be in a lot of ways. I'm not sure if they can keep the whole team together once they it's really time to make a conservative conference finals and finals push. But right now, is keep plugging, keep doing what you need to do, and uh, I think good things will happen out of it. Not this year, but definitely next year. It should be a year yeah. for them. So honestly, it really just depends on um, how. Zion Williamson plays. Yeah. If he can play to where we think he's going to be, obviously they're going to monitor his health a lot. That and like you said, that AC is up for grabs. I, I, I kind of I kind of personally believe that OKC is who they are. They're 24-19. They're seventh in the West right now. So I think True. they're going to keep that spot. Um, and then the eighth is going to be up for grabs. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later um, in Memphis and what they're doing. It's tough. San Antonio, Phoenix, Portland. Um, the Pelicans. So that's going to, we're not going to know who's going to be the AC until probably like the last day of the regular season as well, too. But um, it's going to be tough. You know what I'm saying? Even if they don't make the playoffs, we're going to see um, what their young talent is capable of. They can get another draft pick. And then yeah. um, from their attraction, the only thing they're really missing is a very solid big. Okay. You got to be thinking if you're a free agent, yo, I kind of can see myself. Being that extra piece, that missing piece, um, Andre that Drummond need to get there. It could be Drummond. They know. need a body, so we're gonna see. But I think the ceiling is they can get the eighth seed. Um, but you know, my biggest thing is just letting their young players develop even more, um, get a free agent next year, and then just build off of that. To be honest, um, and this is a totally random topic, but the Spurs don't make the playoffs this year. How many more years is Greg Popovich coaching? Bro, he's looking like he's fed up with the bullshit right now. He'd be looking so mad. Um, honestly, uh, I can see him in a, in a leadership role. I, I can, yeah, I can see him stepping down, um, probably becoming like a GM or something like that. Two years max. Still be, still, I, yeah, I say one or two years max. And obviously, he's taken over the reins for Team USA. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, if you're not competing, then what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? He's still he's on that uh Bill Belichick, you know, yeah. memo where it's like, yo, I expect championship, you know, every year, playoffs every year. So yeah. um we got a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do. Um I think we need to I'm not I'm not, I don't really like saying this, but we should tank. Um Tank and you're not a true Spurs fan. You're not a true Coach Popovich fan. You know they got they got foreign players right now ready to go. They got the next Luca somewhere in their in their program. We got somewhere. We got something. But man, Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar, man, like we got two All Star caliber players, and we're not even above 500 right now, which is crazy. Is Demar who we thought he was? I I don't know, man. Um, I don't know if I'm just ready for the reset to be honest, because it's like. If we gonna play for eighth every year, like what are we doing? You know well, what I'm saying? It's tough, man. I mean, Rome doesn't didn't fall in a day, and you guys had three franchise players, Tim yeah, Duncan, yeah, Tony yeah, Parker, yeah. Ron Ginobili, and it wasn't built in a day either, you know. It's it's tough. It's a tough one, bro. Yeah, it's a tough one. So go Spurs go, right? <laughs> Sheesh. Go Spurs go, right. Um, another trade I just want to bring up real quick. The Atlanta Hawks have acquired point guard Jeff Teague in a three-player trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Welcome back to Atlanta, Jeff Teague. Oh, that's <laughs> Minnesota also sending guard Travion Grant to Atlanta in a deal that returns guard Allen Crabb to the Timberwolves. Um, Minnesota creates an open roster spot that would be useful in, a bigger, tr- in, in bigger trades before the February 6th deadline. The Hawks have been scoring the marketplace for a backup point guard to ease the burden of Trey Young. Um, the Hawks have an offensive rating of 108.2 with Young on the floor, and it drops down damn near 20 at 90.7 off of it. Uh, so Teague and Crab are on expiring contract 
which makes sense. Teague, 31, played the first seven years of his career with Atlanta, which I just mentioned. Um, and then it said different players play different ways, and I'll give Jeff a lot of credit for trying and doing whatever was asked of him to try to be a good fit in our system. Newell's president of basketball operations, um, Gerson Roses, said on a conference call with reporters, I think the big picture is just a different game. The way he plays, the system is maybe not as complimentary to him in that we need our lead guard to be the guy who pushes the tempo and is more of a creator than the score. Graham, 26, has averaged five points and three rebounds. So shout out to them. No real need to comment on that because they're not really doing anything. Shout out to Trevion, uh, VC Grab. Yeah, for sure, for sure. VCU, shout out. Um, yeah, the Hawks are dead last uh, in the entire NBA right now. Um, actually, the Warriors are, then they're right there. So, I mean, I, do you have any thoughts on the trade? <laughs> they just had, I don't really have anything to talk about. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Uh, that's why I love Trey, man. You never know what to expect out of this guy. Um, one trader that I am happy of um, right now is Trailblazers. Um, so the Portland Trailblazers have agreed to trade Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, and two future second-round draft picks to the Sacramento Kings yes. in a deal that sheds $12.5 million in salary, NBA sources told ESPN. Big time um, so Bazemore... I didn't even know he had a salary of $19.3 million and Tolliver had $1.6 million. They're both on expiring contracts as well, too. Ariza, um, they're going to, so Portland's going to get back Ariza. Um, $12.2 million has a partial guarantee of $1.8 million on his $12.8 million contract next season. The Blazers will have until June 30th to pick up or decline that option. Um, Portland will also create $7.2 million and uh, $1.7 million trade exception as part of the deal. Both exceptions will expire next January. So, this is more so for the Portland Trailblazers because, like we said before, they've been struggling um, yeah. a lot lately, which is crazy. Like, we get they lost Myers Leonard. Um, they lost Ed Davis. Um, they lost uh, Mo Harkless. And, obviously, Rodney Hood was such a huge piece to them. Like, they're quintessential 3 and D player. It's and, obviously, one. Nurkic is out as well, too. But um, When is he coming back? Is he coming back at all? I don't know. I haven't seen any reports on him. I looked it up last week, but I haven't seen any reports on him as well. But um, obviously, they've been injury riddled. They kind of reconstructed their roster. They figured, you know, from OKC kind of in the past, if we have our Russ and KD, so if we have our CJ McCollum and we have our Damian Lillard, then we can always, you know, compete. It's just crazy how last year they were in the Western Conference Finals. Now they're fighting for the A seed as well. Um, they're currently 11th in the West right now. 18 and 26. So um, I like the boost with the reason because that's what they've been missing um, as well, too. They honestly just need someone to, you know, help guard the best perimeter defenders yeah. or wing players, rather, and just to create spacing for Melo, for CJ. I can't believe I'm saying Melo right now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's tough. Melo for CJ, for Dame as well, too. But uh, what are your thoughts on this trade as well, too? And, and yeah, yeah, just honestly, just credit to their GM because he – just wants to compete. You yeah, know what I'm saying? And he's doing anything in his power. Obviously, they're a small market team, so it's going to be hard to get players there. But with what he's had, with, with, with what he has to work with, um, credit to him, you know, trying to keep his team afloat and trying to get them to push for that seventh, eighth seat. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on um, the whole trade going down? But, like, if you look at it, dog, um, <laughs> you know, you say shout out to him when he wants to compete, but who who would have thought that they wouldn't be competing you know, wouldn't be in a place of comfort at least yeah. at this point in the season last year. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not a place of him wanting to compete. It's a place of him being like, "Yo, like, have y'all for- lost your minds? Have y'all forgotten the standards?" Yeah. And I've said this all the time, but it speaks to to role players again. You know, they lost some pieces, uh, and and and, and the players you named, and they they've essentially fallen off because it takes more than just your one two punch to to, to win. And we've seen that with the Clippers. You have your one-two punch of Kawhi and and uh, PG, who are probably the top two, three duos in the league right now. For sure. But they have a bench full of dogs. You know, you got Trez, you got um, Lou, bro. All of, all of them got Danny, right? Dan, no, Danny's on the Lakers. Yeah. Um, but you have all of those guys. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, yo, they they built their team. To support their stars, and if the stars are out, those those guys could probably grind out at least. You know, they could be around five hundred. You know, 
with a great coach. And I think the Portland Trailblazers have the right structure, but they lost pieces. And Rodney Hood was a, again was a tough blow, and him being out for the season. So they needed some some revamp in this team. They need to survive for at least the rest of the year, you know. And they want to make a playoff push. Do you see them making the playoffs? I mean, looking at uh, the teams that are like in the hunt right now, because I feel like we're going to talk about uh, Memphis a lot too. I feel like Memphis. Although they're in the right direction, I just feel like that the youth will prevail. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, the youth will prevail, and uh, that's going to kind of not let them get there. But I think the Pelicans are still working to figure out their identity and groom their young talent. Obviously, you can't count the Spurs, but just looking at what I've seen, unless their schedule gets a little easier, I feel like they're going to miss the playoffs. Phoenix start off so hot, and they're out of it. <laughs> So if there was any team to make the AFC, I think it's a two-way a two-way race between Portland and Memphis right now. So yeah, to answer your question, I think Memphis. I mean, I think Portland would be that. I wouldn't be surprised if they punch in the AFC and you know, which they should. Yeah, which they should. Playing the Lakers though, mm-hmm. is it gonna be like one? Lakers and the Clippers for them right now. It would probably be what about like the conference standing. So if they were the AFC, they play the Lakers. Oh, they play the Lakers for sure. And, but four one. Yeah, they lose a four one. They yeah. may get swept. They're gonna depend on how AD and Bron feeling. They're gonna get swept. They don't have a big <laughs> man presence right now. They're gonna get swept. That's what I'm saying, bro. Who? Uh, the they got Hassan Whiteside. I mean, it's Hassan Whiteside. I know. Um, and Nurkic may be coming back. We'll know. That would be a little bit interesting. I, but they no. just from like guarding guards in forwards. They suck at that. Like, who's Dame and CJ going to lock down? Ariza getting older. Like, what is he going to add to it? Melo don't play defense. Like, he plays defense, but he's not a defensive-minded player. Yeah. So, that's just a disaster. The thing is, they don't want to see any of the top three seeds. Like, the Nuggets got them out of the way last year. Bro, they don't want to see the top. I don't even want to see. I mean, their best shot is, yeah, because they would honestly play one through four. Meanwhile, Jazz are in fourth. Shout out Low to Mike key. Conley and uh and, Conley and Spider. And Spider Conley Mitchell hurt too. That's crazy. That's really crazy. Spider going stupid. Spider going stupid. Mavericks are chilling. They're gonna surprise some people. I want to see that first Rockets. round matchup. I, I would love Mavericks. to see Nuggets. I would love to see Lakers stay at one, Clippers stay at two, Nuggets stay at three, mm-hmm. and then if the Rockets could spike up to four. Jazz go down to six. Mavericks stay at five. I want to see four, five. See Rockets, Mavericks first round. Luca um, and the unicorn versus that 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 dynamic duel with Russ and Harden. The, the I honestly Texas. think I, I on some sick shit. I honestly think the Mavericks could beat them. Yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah, two MVPs losing to a second year player and a guy who just got off of ACL injury and has playing like sixteen months. <laughs> That'd be wild, man. That's scary. Um, it's a very spooky. Thing is, we don't here. know what Luca looks like in playoff clutch time. That, that but is true. We know, do. Some dudes, dudes kind of just have that. But we it do. But we do. He's been doing this since 16, 17 in the Euro League, playing in finals, being the league MVP. I don't think Luca's gonna sweat. I don't think I, he never freezes. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna freeze. Yeah, <laughs> he never freezes. There's just certain players you see where you're just like, yo, they're built for this moment, dog. I, he's one of those guys that like you could be in grass, you could be on concrete, he could be, he could have Crocs on. At least it seems like Luca's still gonna get all the buckets he would get. Yeah, he doesn't play super fast. He just mm-hmm. he shoots in your face. He it's a placement thing. You, you know what I'm saying? Like he'll drive, boom. Boom, extend the ball. Yeah. Like, good players understand placement. They understand, like, and then when it comes to having the athleticism and the knowledge of the game and a comfortable feel for it, then that's when you get super wild and crazy. And <sighs> Lucas is one of those players where it's like, dog, he's going to get his buckets regardless. I don't yeah. see him not getting his buckets, you know? <laughs> so. For sure, definitely. Um, briefly, one or two minute hash up. Uh, so Kyle Kuzma's name has been in um, trade discussions all season long. Dude can't catch a break. It's just kind of crazy how, um, you know, 
last year he played so well, and then this year obviously he had that foot problem, um, and you know he's coming off the bench now. So I don't know if it's him trying to adapt to um, coming off the bench, uh, not getting as much minutes as he used to get. Um, but this year he's only averaging thirteen four and one. Um, everyone's been saying you know the Lakers' biggest thing is trying to get that uh, playmaker that they need. And I was just looking at the salary cap. I mean. Kuzma's only making a little under two million this year. I'm saying a little Jeez. under, like that ain't a lot. Um, but in the NBA world, that's nothing. Not a lot. Um, so he's making a little under two million. So I'm like, yo, y'all trying to trade Kuzma? If you trade Kuzma, you're gonna have to get another person off the books. And I'm looking right now, it's probably gonna be KCP, which is eight million. But KCP's playing pretty well alongside LeBron and all him as well too. So do you trade Kuzma or do you keep keep him? Uh, well, like, what do you do? Reports of him going to what, the Kings. I think there was a report of them going to the Kings, yeah. But it's a tough one. They're first. They're first <laughs> in right? the and West. People are already panicking. I guess they're they're looking at the big picture on like the top tier teams that they're playing against. But I like what they have now. Like like we said, Darren Constance on the horizon. He's trying to come back in February. Andre Iguodala may get his contract bought out right there as well too. So. You got some players that are going to be in the market, and you know what those type of players at this point in time is only about what can they add from mm-hmm. a veteran leadership, and then what can you what can you do um, when imagine most in the playoffs and championships as well too. So I like what they have now. They're the number one seed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Obviously, they didn't. They the first game Kuzma won't there, Ronald won't there, so they didn't play too well against the Lakers. They got blown up by the Bucks this year as well, too, but it's the regular season. I feel like when you have LeBron James and AD with that entire supporting cast, Frank Vogel, who's been doing a phenomenal job this year as well, too, yeah. in the playoffs, it's a different animal. So I think they're going to need Kuzma down the stretch. I don't think they panic. I think they they got the number one seed. Like I said, you don't panic. Just run the course. If you can get another playmaker um, <coughs> via um, the open market, then, go, then do so. But... Yeah. I think Kyle Kuzma, I honestly think he should be researched to start lineup. Like when I saw yeah. um when I saw Danny Green, um, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, uh Anthony Davis, and um what's his name? Avery Bradley all together on the floor on Christmas Day. Huge. They look deadly offensively. Yeah, I think this is one of those things where you got into like you have to keep feeding confidence in him. And I think he's been kind of shook ever since his trainer started popping off on LeBron. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a death note. But, yeah, you got to feed confidence in the Kuzma. And you don't want to send him away and let him turn into another Brandon Ingram. Meanwhile, you guys are having your woes and want another player, and he's being that player on another team. So, yeah. nah, let, let, it, let it breathe, dog. Let it breathe, let it breathe, let it breathe. Just want to make a quick little shout-out. Don't sleep on the Toronto Raptors. Got the hat right there. Got the jersey right there. They've been going under the radar, man. They've been going under the radar. They're 28-14 right now. Third in the East. Finally healthy. Pascal Siakam just came back. Norman Powell just came back. They're on a three-game winning streak right now. And any team that goes up against them in the playoffs, y'all should be a little fearful. Nick Nurse is a great coach. Kyle Lowry finally got that monkey off his back. And they're going nowhere but up right now, man. True, true, they're true. very well coached. They play together. They got that championship pedigree. And I think they can compete with damn near anybody in the NBA. So that was my two cents. Okay. Another thing I want to add as well, too, Memphis, John Morant, looking like an early rookie of the year right now as well, too. Pulling up the stats for my guy. He's been going stupid, man. Um, I got to see him play the other day against the Rockets on League Pass. Uh, <laughs> they were trying to disrespect my mans, but he was he was playing well. Um for the season, averaging 18 points, seven assists, three and a half rebounds. They're in the AC right now. And he was talking, he was talking his little shit to LeBron. He said, <laughs> um, I'll see you in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So uh this I love him. I love him. Like yeah. obviously rookie of the year runaway. Yeah. I would say. I, I, I was a little sold on Kobe White earlier. He was, you know, razzling and dazzling right now, too. Obviously, Zion's been out as well. Michael Porter Jr., ah, no. he's not getting that many minutes like that as well, too. So, RJ Barrett, eh, John Morant. And if they make the eighth seed, that's crazy. But what are your thoughts if you had a quick little one-minute sum up? Uh, John Morant is the rookie of the year. And further solidify. That he is the rookie of the year if they make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 
because there was no expectation of this team making the playoffs. But to make the playoffs, then it's like unanimously he's the rookie of the year. But he is now, you know, just it is what it is. There's no other body, no no other person competing like he is um, with the team in the place that it is because of him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's my two cents on that. And a quick little one-minute shout-out to Markel Fultz, um, former number one pick in 2017 uh-huh. to Philly. Right now, the Magic are 20 and 23. They're seventh in the East right now. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 12 points, three and a half rebounds, 4.6 assists. Um, and he's been doing pretty well uh, as of late, you know what I'm saying? Blessing in disguise. I felt like there was too much pressure on him in Philadelphia, and now that he's in a low, um, uh, a smaller market, um, the the attention's off of him right now. He can just go out and play basketball. Um, The jump shot's still a work in progress, but he looks like a more athletic Tony Parker right now, the way he can wiggle to the basket as well, too. So. He's gonna he's gonna be good, man. Um, will he live up to the number one? We don't know, but I think he has a chance to become an all star down the line a couple of years from now as well too. And like I said, the Magic are the seventh seed, and I expect them to make the playoffs because they made it last year. So we'll monitor that as well too. And it kind of makes me think like if they would have if Philly would have held on to him, you know, that would have been their crazy. That would have been their combo guard that they were looking for down the road, but. I guess we'll see. And Markel Fultz, I'm proud of you, brother. Um, last topic of the day that I want to talk about, running out a little bit of time here, is <laughs> I guess you can start off uh, Kyrie Irving. You want to be the what? You want to be a star player? <laughs> oh, man. Kyrie, 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 Kyrie. So the Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving said, um, well, first and foremost, with the Kyrie Irving situation, he just came back. Bruh missed like damn near 95% of the games. And just to paraphrase everything, um, he basically said that it's pretty clear and evident that we need more pieces. Um, so uh, who did he mention? Because he kind of like singled out a couple players. I think I still got that in my history. Kyrie's the dude that walks into the gym to play pickup basketball. And there's literally... Ten people on the court, and then there's Kyrie, and then you walk and you see Kyrie, and you're like, "Yo, bro, what's up, man? Can I run with you next?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "No, nah, I got five." Yeah, bro, shit's sick. I got five. But basically, he kind of, in a way, is dividing his teammates in a little bit. So basically, he's saying like, "Yo, there's 12 to 15 players on our squad. I only name about five of them. The rest of y'all can go because y'all are not good enough to get us to where we need to be." When you think about it, Kyrie. Like, it's just crazy because if you're looking at all these other teams in the NBA, some of them don't even have two all-stars, yet alone one all-star. You got you got Luka Donich, who's not an all-star yet. It's going to be an all-star this year. You got Porzingis. You don't see them complaining. They work with what they have. That's the whole point of signing a marquee free agent because they're so good that they're going to cover up most of your deficiencies. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, Katie's gone. We get that. But let's see how things pan out. You already got a great coach right there. You're in a great environment. You got some great role players. When you're a superstar, Katie's a superstar. When you guys come back, now if things aren't playing playing up to where it's supposed to be, then you can say, all right, we're going to need more pieces. But don't give me that. Like, work with what you got right now. No other team is using excuses right now. You think Dame is using, using <laughs> an excuse? He's going out there and balling, you know what I'm saying? In his head, he's like, y'all one of the best players. So it's within my it's within my power to do everything I can to get my team afloat right now. Yeah. Come on. You, we know you're one of the best point guards out there, so I don't want to hear that. Um, and he went on to say that he spoke with his teammates as well, too, and basically he said he's going to tune out the outside noise, and <laughs> he expects greatness from he not only himself and, um, and his teammates as well, too. But that that's just BS to me. Like, like, come on, bro. And just think about from a player's standpoint, like in the locker room, like you just like, nah, bro. Kyrie, you can't sit with us Irving. Yeah, he kind of got that from LeBron as well, too, to be honest. When LeBron used to always argue every year, we need more pieces, we need more pieces. Well, that's a thought I had, and I feel like, I mean, maybe I just, it's it's been so far removed from my mind, but I just feel like LeBron never did it in this way, per se. And if he did, then. I mean, he can get away with it. I'm sorry. Yeah, and he got away with it, clearly. But, um,. That's been. That seems like it's the difference. You know, we already knew Le- Le- LeBron was gonna make those moves or force 
the the team's hand and making the moves for him to get better pieces around him yeah. and Kyrie. But I don't feel like LeBron's ever said it in his first game back that you know, we're a few pieces away. Yeah. You know, I mean, LeBron might say it very subtly. It's power to this. There's a language of power. But saying it like that, just like, yo, like me, Kevin, you know, Dinwiddie, straight, but you know, all these other cat, all these other cats, man. He didn't even mention the correct. center, the other center. Like, you can't He's sit with us. Playing a little better than DJ, to be honest. He's cheaper. <laughs> Kyrie, you cannot sit with us, Irving, bro. Like that's that's crazy, bro. I, I still mean, love the man. I love Kyrie, but you gotta you gotta just, just bad water, just good water. You can't drink it all. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was. There's there's great parts to Kyrie, but this is a bad part. This is like I understand where, he, where he's coming from. Like yo, we need some pieces to get over his hump. He wants to win, but dog, like this is a way to this is a way to go to go about things. And it's not yeah. it's nasty. It's nasty, bro. But like we said, winning take takes care of everything. But Kyrie, man, for a guy that's so in touch with the universe and has a great perspective on life, uh, it's not. As of right now, viewed as the best leader right now. Okay. So we're waiting for Katie to come back, um, and, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. But we'll see what the Nets do this year. Honestly, uh, they made the playoffs last year without KD and Kyrie, with just D'Lo and those boys. So yeah. if you don't make the playoffs, it's kind of like obviously you didn't play most of the season, but it's kind of like come on, bro, and you in the East. Yeah. But we'll see, Kyrie. Still got faith in you. Just watch what you say or just think Come what on, you say. Like, and, and you're smart enough to know that you are the franchise player as of right now. Um, you still will be alongside with KD. You guys are going to share that. But just know that you're in one of the biggest markets in New York City. And whatever you say, that's gonna get, it's going to get played everywhere. So just be mindful of what you say, to be honest. But ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 70 of the Caesar Show. Dang, 70. Uh, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, Here we go. Crazy. Leveling up. Any last words? Uh nah man uh shout out to uh, keep striving shout out uh dope brand and um I'm coming for your brand so send them to the Caesar show send them to me Trader XXIV bro I got a little bit of extra change so I am buying as much local and um not super brand name brands that I can so, underground brands yeah underground I'm trying to support the people that support us and support me so I'm buying your stuff so. Hey, shout out to Keep Striving. You already know what's going on. Ladies and gentlemen, that was episode 70 of The Caesar Show. Make sure to subscribe at The Caesar Show. Um, also on all forms of social media as well, too. Sir Caesar's The Caesar Show, Trader XXIV. And on that note, 